Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. He's off to the side. He's drawn. He's like floating to the media. <laughs> Did you guys know about this point guard? Did you guys know that we don't need to invest in wide receivers? He's off to the side, not at the podium, because he wants to let you know what he found out so badly. It's Wes. Yeah, and I mean, just in retrospect now, with the way that this team is looking, the offense is looking, it definitely has not aged well. And Walker. What's up, Fiddy? <laughs> I was not prepared for the... Oh, he's our point guard. <laughs> we don't have to spend money. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. But now you do. (laughs) Now you do. We're back and with fresh new merch on during the break. Willie P dropped by. Our resident Charlotte FC aficionado brought the boys a couple of ball caps, as they would say. We are all decked out right now in Charlotte FC Mitchell and Ness hats. Fiddy's got the dad hat going. Greatly appreciated by Willie P. Looking fresh to death today in the Charlotte FC deal. Now we got maybe a little bit more social content. We can take the pick with all of us in the uh, Charlotte FC repping the crown. And then uh, seriously. Definitely on his uh, his his dad uh, moment during the break, emailing a teacher during the commercial break. Oh you know? no! Is it, is it a bad email? No, it's just not a, a bad email. Okay. It's it's a it's a conservation email. Just something where the grade is it's okay. But you know, I told him you know we hold academics to a high standard okay. in the house, and uh, they come first. So we're just trying to get this thing going. And I always like to you know make my presence felt with the teachers to let them know, hey man, if this thing isn't going the way it needs to go down. Let me know or let mama know, and uh, we're going to take care of this thing. Because, academ- I mean, my son is spoiled. Academics is his only real job it, on top of chores at the house. And so, yeah, man, he, you know, academics, it's a non-negotiation. So, it, it Fiddy was laughing back there. I want to know specifically what you're laughing about. Because you do, you love story. parenting Wes. You love right, how right. he goes about parenting. And I, I liked the phrase, too. What was the phrase you said? That the, the teacher needs to know what we're about? Is that what you yeah, said? You know, you said that, something I, like that? I like to make my presence felt there with the teachers so that they know, you know, we're not playing. I, I ask Fiddy because is that the phrase that got you laughing as well? <laughs> oh, most definitely. That's, that's the one that got me laughing. I do want to know, though, uh-huh. because we, we were actually talking about chores the other day in the fishbowl with KB. Uh-huh. What are what are Bryce's, what are his chores at your house? Uh, He's got, well, basically we got, because, you know, he's getting to the teenage years, and then myself and my mom, so he doesn't always like to hear from each of us what he needs to do at a given hour or time of day, so it was like, okay, well, if you don't want to hear it, we're going to get you a chore board that we're going to put on the refrigerator with everything on there, and you can go check it during the day and make sure that. you got what you need to get done, done. So it's, you know, the regular stuff, uh, taking out the trash, making sure his room's clean at the end of the night, cleaning up the kitchen after dinner, uh, different stuff like that, loading, unloading the dishwasher, you know, different things. Uh, you know, on the weekends, he might help my mom mop. 
uh, clean bathrooms, do all that stuff, man. So we make sure. You is know, it usually okay? Like, is there usually any fight? From oh him? no, ain't gonna be no fight. I didn't know. <laughs> well, ain't gonna be no fight. All them clothes and shoes Just and all them know. events he get to go to so, ain't gonna be no fight. I, I will tell you, you know the memes or the videos that go out there on Twitter, social mm-hmm. media, where there's the clips of people acting like the parent and the kid, and then yeah. the parent goes into the room and says, "Did you clean your room? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all clean. But did you clean the dishes? Yeah." Did you take the trash out? <laughs> yes, Dad. I, I've already done that. And then they go through about 50 chores where all of them are completed. Yeah. But you have to find something that hasn't been done <laughs> just to put your child up to do something. Exactly how my mom was. Yeah, he 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 told me how the night does because when I come in his room at the end of the night, uh, you know, I'll be looking around and he always gets worried when he sees it. He said, oh, he said, there's your signature look. Yeah. He said, I know when you start looking around, you're going to find something for me to clean Why up. Why do I still know what that <laughs> feels like? I know. As I, I can, it's the walk. It's the walk because yeah. the parents are walking with a purpose. I slightly squint my eyes mm-hmm. and I'm kind of looking around the room like, okay, is yep. everything where it needs to you're be? You're focusing. Now, yeah. to be fair to my mom, who was one of those parents that was damn sure going to make make sure that I was going to do something, like even if I had everything else cleaned up, most of the time you didn't have to go down pretty far on the list to find something I didn't complete. And so that was fair. Okay. I didn't complete everything, but there were times where, you know what? Walker's going to do something today. Yeah. And the the number one chore I hated, by the way, because in Catawba County, we did have enough land where we had a horse. Shout out. Sunshine was her name. I had to muck the stall. Mm. And it's the worst phrase I ever heard in my life every single weekend. Walker, go out there and muck the stall. I'm be cursing under my own. What'd you say? What'd but you it built huh? character though. Nothing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm going out to clean. I'll see you later, Mom. No, this, this stall needs to be clean. No, no big deal. But Brian, uh, 704 number says, uh, I guess that's why you're a weight grad, Wes, and not a UNC grad. So, you know, that didn't come from me. That came from Brian. You just needed to read it. Now, let's talk a little bit more college athletics. It's time to go to the campus. Coda. All right, we talked about it earlier. Wake Forest rolls at home over Pitt 91 to 58. The Demon Deacons rolled the Pitt Panthers that came in there, winners of seven of eight prior to that game. But with the win, Wake Forest took the lead back in the series eight to seven. They remain undefeated against Pitt inside of LJBM. They shot 60.8% from the field, 50% from three, and 95% from the free throw line. They're now 45 and five at home since the start of the 2021-22 season. And they have been getting it done, to say the least. They held Pitt to its lowest field goal percentage this season. Boopy Miller scored a team high 18 points on 7 of 12 shooting. So I guess we can go back through and rehash this thing. How impressed were we with the victory? I was. I thought this was going to be uh, a hard-fought win. I thought Pitt, you know, fighting for their tournament lives as well. And Wake, you know, you still get a little bit of uneasiness, even when they were up 20. My mom was still sitting there like, I'm still not trusting they're going to get this win. And so (laughs) so I was just like, look, (laughs) I felt like once they got up about 25 and I could see the momentum, they were hitting threes at the clip that they were. I was like, uh, they got this thing. But the question is, too, you know, how much do we trust them outside of LJVM, Lawrence Joe. I don't, I don't trust him, but here's where I am with Wake Forest, and I'm interested to see if you guys agree. Wake Forest has everything I'm looking for once we get to the NCAA tournament as that classic Cinderella squad. Lots of talent, can score in bunches. If they get hot, good luck keeping up with them. Ranked high in the advanced metrics, but for some reason, net 
college basketball hmm. tournament committee doesn't like them nearly as much. And that is the exact type of team, Wes, that most people are looking for. ACC, you know, tested, tried and true type of basketball conference where they're just not looked upon very favorably, but they got a lot of talent. Steve Forbes, a smart coach, in my opinion. What's not to like when trying to find who your Cinderella team is going to be? Defensively is the thing that you would point to, but especially if we're trying to talk about good guard play, just the ability to score and go on big old runs. Yeah, they, they remind me a little bit of some of these Iowa squads that never actually turn out to go on those deep runs under Coach McCaffrey. So, like, maybe maybe I'm talking myself out of it. But, man, they're just so talented. Like, they're fun when they're hot. Wake's got a very favorable schedule down the stretch. They've got Duke at home on Saturday. That's going to be a big one. But then they have Notre Dame, Virginia Tech uh, on the road. Those should be winnable games, at least. Then they close with Georgia Tech and Clemson at home. Fitty, what did you think? Of the Demon Deeks, and how much do you trust them outside of home base? Very impressive last night. And, Wes, can, can I sell you on this? What's up? Could maybe close losses at Duke and at Virginia actually give this team confidence? Because we, we, we've seen teams around the country go on the road in hostile environments and get their doors blown off. You were there with a chance to win in Cameron. And you were there with a chance to win at John Paul Jones Arena. And maybe it gave them more confidence to say, we take care of business at home. You got the return game with Duke. Everything is still in front of us. All you got to do is not lose on the Wednesday in the ACC tournament if you find yourself on a Wednesday. But if, if this team gets that all, you know, that, 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 that coveted double bye, I think there's a legitimate shot they make the NCAA tournament. And Walker, better comparison for you. Okay. How about old school Creighton teams? Before Creighton became what they are now, where they're a legitimate Final Four contender. But like when Doug McDermott first got on campus there and he built them into a good program, high scoring team that could score with a bunch of different guys, they're going to be a problem if they make the NCAA tournament. That, that's what I'm saying. I like that comparison too. I, I think with, with Iowa and Creighton, to be honest with you, they always have the big, slow. A guy down there in the post, but can also really score like Doug McBuckets and then Luca Garza are a couple of, of guys that I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, that's that's how I view this team. Like, okay, so offensively, they're good. You know, they play in the ACC. They've battled on the road, even if they lost a couple of those road games. They Monsanto was back. Hunter Salas is awesome. So is Cam Hildreth. I, I like the way that their coach allows everybody to be free. It's tough to game plan for defensively. I think that's going to be a really popular Cinderella team just nationally when 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 guys, especially the Sharps, like when they start to dig into the numbers, they're going to like Wake Forest. Yeah, and I think that too, you know, this is a team I've talked about. Sometimes they get into that hero ball, but 18 assists last night. When this team gets 15 assists or better, to me, that's when they are at their best. And so, uh, now moving on to games tonight, Charlotte got a big one in Memphis. And to my surprise, man, these two teams have not played each other in quite some time. When you look at this, the 49ers, they have not played Memphis since 2011. They're looking for to win their fourth consecutive game while earning its first win at Memphis since 1997. The win would allow them to keep pace with South Florida and stay ahead of the current three-way tie for third in conference standings. They're two, two wins away from 13 conference wins, which would tie a program record. And Memphis this season, they were ranked 
As of January 15th, they were ranked 10th in the Associated Press poll with a 15-2 record. But in the month since, they are 3-6, including two consecutive losses entering this matchup with the 49ers. Walker, do you fully expect your team to go down there and take care of business and uh, put one of the nails in Penny's potential coffin? I've been very confident in this team, especially since the winning streak. Of course, I hopped on the bandwagon with my confidence when they started winning. I'm not going to say it's bold but certainly they got my confidence in them. This is the one where I'm worried about it because Memphis is still going to be talented enough. Like you always have to worry about them despite them being seven and six in conference. It's not great. They're a five and a half point favorite for a reason. I hope that Charlotte can still find a way to get this win. If they win this game, Wes, like they're, they're already respected. They're, they're not going to lose any respect by not being able to come out on top with this one. But Man, that's a that's a nice little cherry on top if you're able to beat the Tigers and then you have that monster game against South Florida in Halton Arena. Like I fully expect Fernville to be back out there right outside Halton Arena uh, against South Florida. So, yeah, I still have confidence in the Charlotte 49ers, but this is going to be a tough one, especially for Memphis fighting for their lives. Yeah, give me Charlotte on the road to get the job done. And then tonight in the ACC, we are not devoid of some, some matchups, some nice ones that could dictate a few things. Duke will travel to Miami. Clemson will travel to Georgia Tech. So uh, these are two basketball games. When you take a look at the Duke Blue Devils, they've won four straight, seven of the last eight, 15 of the last 17. And they are the only team to rank among the top four ACC statistical leaders in both scoring offense and scoring defense. Duke leads the series against Miami 25 to 10. But the Blue Devils' advantage, it gets slimmed up to 9-7 and seven in Coral Gables. Do we expect Duke to have any types of problems down there in Dade County? I did not expect North Carolina to have any trouble with Miami the last time they played. And North Carolina only won by just a few points. Miami's on a four-game losing streak, though. And they're, they've lost four of their, excuse me, five of their last six. So they have been playing very good basketball. I like Coach Larinaga. I, I don't. I don't think Duke loses this one. Like even if it is on the road, we've seen so many problems with them. I still don't think Duke loses this one. Even if most of these losses for Miami, the recently they've been on the road. Yeah, Miami's a weird team because at home the games that they've been losing, it's like they just don't have that guy to get them over the hump like they had before. And it's like Nigel Pack, he'll do his thing most of the game, but when it comes down to some of those clutch moments, he's not able to give them uh, what they're looking for. Also, Georgia Tech and Clemson. Uh, will play tonight as well. So that should be an interesting matchup. Fitty, do either one of these matchups strike you as potential upset uh, results for either one of these teams? No, I, no Nigel Pack, according to Bone, for Miami tonight. So I I think the teams that are supposed to win, I think, they, I think they'll win. Is Bone our college basketball insider? Did we just use him as a source? I like <laughs> that. Yeah, no Nigel Pack. We got Bone, Bone down there on the scene in Dade County. He's telling us Nigel Pack will not suit up this evening against the Blue Yeah, Dallas. that was breaking news right there. We should have played uh, the sounder. But when we come back, folks, we're going to jump into those Panther position previews. This time we're talking about the safety, the back end, right here on Sports, Illust Sports Illustrated. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes just brought in some lunch. Usually when that happens, Fiddy starts to peek over the microphone, over the computers. and I know, because he the main one have us in here salivating with wings and pizza and all, the, all that stuff. What you got over there, Wes? Yeah. <laughs> he liked enough of what he smelled. He said, look, man, you're going to have to give me a bite. Yeah. Which is just a lot. I mean, if we had a plastic fork in here, which I... Oh, you just found right one. here. I just found a spork. I you can asking, give him a little bit. It's spork. That's like the best food utensil of all time, right? Do you think so? Yeah. I, I would say a spork is probably if I had to go with the rankings, which is what you're here for mm-hmm. on Weston Walker. If I had to go with and the food utensil rankings when it comes to foods, spork is second. Love a good sprawl. Yeah. When you have the straw and the spoon. Oh, that comes in an icy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. big old spraws, especially the thick ones yeah. where the spoon part doesn't bend. Yeah. And you can get a bunch of slushy, icy, whatever you're using it for <laughs> on that thing. A spraw is number one on the food utensil power Listen, that's list. a good segue because I feel like the spoon is mistreated. People treat the spoon like you're just a heathen if you choose to eat with that. And sometimes I want to, but I don't do it because I know it's frowned upon. But wait, what I'm this is new to me. How uh-huh. is it frowned upon to because, use a spoon? Because you know if you if you if you bust out a spoon to eat your food because you want to get more food per bite because that's basically what you get with a spoon. People are going to call you a heathen or greedy. What kind of food are you using like a spoon a, I for? I mean, you know, obviously using you should use it for soup and stuff like that, but I'm talking about if you have size, like let's say you got rice and corn or some type of beans or something like that, you know, more than likely you're going to use a fork when you eat your dinner. But if you use a spoon, you know, people are going to be like, yo, you're a heathen. Like, why are you sitting there eating with a spoon? Not, uh, you've been eating with too many judgmental people. <laughs> because I have never heard that. Fiddy, do you feel yeah, people like... people frown upon a spoon outside of soup or cereal or something you should eat with a spoon. People say you're being a glutton. Do you judge people for eating beans or sides with a spoon? Um, oh, you do a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like if, if I'm at your house and you're using a spoon to eat some rice, we're going to have a problem or a green bean. No, that is a fork side. But what about green bean casserole, though? Because there's some liquefaction in that dish. Yeah, nah, no, man. I mean, you, the people are going to be looking at you like, mm. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you're eating green bean casserole, you're eating it at like Thanksgiving or a holiday gathering. The spoon is not a part of the the silverware being used. I'm using a fork and a knife because I'm grubbing. Yeah, because like my son eats like a horse, and sometimes when he wants to 
when we eat sides, when we have the sides, and he wants to get a spoon. And I even tell him, I'm like, no, you're not getting a spoon. Come on, man. I'm like, just get the four. Wait, I'm I'm really surprised. People are saying, okay, hold on. 704 <laughs> is saying, use a fork, you freaking caveman. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's how people look at you. Are, are we saying we can't use spoons outside of soup and cereal that's anymore? That's what people, that's how they and treat I, well, you, no, man. ice cream. If you're eating ice cream in a bowl, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's something you should spoon. eat. Yeah, because you're going to look weird eating ice cream with a fork. But if you... Eat with a spoon. People do look at you like you are a caveman or that you are just trying to just be a greedy Gus. I did Stanford Peace says mashed potatoes with a spoon. I eat mine with a fork. Yeah, I eat mine with a fork, too. I mean, I guess I go for it just because I'm not going to dirty so you up. You still eat you. with a spoon. Well, no, I, I just don't judge you if you do it. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. But if I'm going to, I'm just going to have the fork. I'm not going to go with the spoon. Like if I've got mashed potatoes or beans on the side, yeah. usually the main dish it's weird to eat a main dish with a spoon, which I didn't realize, I thought, but now that we're having this conversation, right. it brought it to the light. Nobody really eats a main dish outside of soup or anything like that with a spoon. That's Being what made KFC so unique was that you were eating mashed potatoes, whatever, with a See, spork. That's why the spork, yeah, spork is spork so is, good, man. And now that, now that we're having this conversation, I just realized, you know, the versatility of this thing, you know? Uh, that They're innovators, you get man. a spoon and a fork all in one. Like, like a five-tool hitter in baseball. Yes. Or a five-tool so. player in baseball. Yeah. Spork, the Ken Griffey Jr. of food utensils. But here's Boom. the thing. Can you – I'm going to show you that I, I don't have utensils and I don't go shopping. Can you buy sporks at, like, Walmart, Target? Yeah. So, like, I could go get metal sporks to put in my silverware container at home. I don't know that I've seen a metal spork, but I think that you can get it. But I'm pretty sure you can get plastic ones. If there are metal sporks <laughs> that exist in this world, then... I'm done. I'm... I'm. But see, this is the problem. We like that spoon part of it. So why are people judging others for the spoon part of the spork? Because this is a shallow society, Walker. And you're contributing. Tommy G says he literally <laughs> just ate chicken fried rice with a spoon and it was delicious. Now, this is a trick, too. So anytime. So we, we always go to Benihana when I go up to Indiana for Christmas. And me and my brothers always used to have a competition. And now it's still like a fun competition. We'll use the chopsticks for everything. When they offer you a fork or a spoon, it feels like, do you do you want a little fork or spoon, buddy? Mm, do you want to eat your food with anything other than chopsticks? No, get out of here. I'm doing it the right way. But it is hard to eat rice with chopsticks, especially if that's not what you do every single day. But me and my brothers have gotten damn good at it. And the way that you win the competition is if you have the least amount of grains of rice on the table on the mishap with the transition from the bowl yeah, to your mouth. Yeah, more power to you with that. I mean, I will use the chopsticks every now and again just to do it. And I'm only going to do it for like two or three bites. And then after that, I'm back to the fork, man. I can't be uh. It's too much work. I don't like to work when I eat, and I feel like chopsticks are too much. Work. I sense a bad chopsticks take coming from you, Fitty. No, I, I was just <laughs> this kind of brought back to to memory. You you cook in a with a thing called a sous vide. So, sous vide, yep. You know, my girlfriend does, but I did purchase it for her. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're not even using regular forks, spoons, and knives. Like you, you've probably got like silverware from the future because you're so bougie. I don't have, I don't even know what's so, I mean, I think silverware from the future looks a lot like sporks. <laughs> I think KFC already figured that out for I us. They did, yeah, if I, I don't know where you go from there. All right, top of the line, if we are ranking it at the top of the dome, food utensils, best ones ever to be created. I think I have to go spork number one. I'm a huge Spraw fan, but I think I'm getting it mixed up by saying it's the most underrated and then putting it at the top, and I don't think that's true. I think spork is number one. 
I think Spraw is number two. And I'll put Chopsticks number three just because they're fun. I know they're not that versatile. I get it. But they're tons of fun. And if you want to be entertained while you're eating, Chopsticks are the way to go. One, two, three. That's what's on the podium. I can respect that. We got a lot of engagement on the text line. I did not expect oh, yeah. this conversation to steer that You know when we take the food out, man. You know when we get the food out. Well, you know that everybody's going to come out, man. And when when when, when Willie joins next segment, we oh, got to Oh, so yeah. True. I know he's going to get in That's on That's a great it. point. All right. We'll, we'll get to some Panthers conversation. Look, all right. All of the texts that are rolling in, I'm saving them. We're going to go back to it because, honestly, I don't know anybody else I'd rather have this conversation with more than Willie P joining us the next couple of segments. And so we're going we're gonna to save it. We're going to put it away, and then we'll take it out, leftovers, heat it up, and then go get a spork, and then go eat these topics a little bit later on. Let's do the Panther position preview. Safeties, also supposed to be versatile. The sporks of the defense, if you will. That's good. I like it. Xavier Woods, Von Bell, that was your safety tandem coming into this season. And if we want to break this up in the past, present, and future, I was looking at the past at the safety position for this Panthers team, Wes. Do you think that safety has the weakest history on this team. Yeah. Because the Panthers, you have Mike Minner, who is number one. I don't think that's refutable. Everybody would put Mike Minner as the best safety in franchise history. It's really not close. Maybe I'm forgetting about a couple of other guys. I know we love Chad Cota for what he represents back in the Mm -hmm. day. But I don't think that we've had sustained excellence or Pro Bowl-worthy play here in Carolina at the safety spot because it doesn't matter what general manager was calling the shots here at the time. They just had safety low priority. And that's kind of the new age thinking of the NFL anyway. And, you know, safety's fallen you know, down on the hierarchy. But you had Mike Minner. I thought Jeremy Chin was going to change that, and he didn't. We'll get to him in just a moment. But it does feel like safety is the weakest position in Panthers history because when we think about the great defenses, great defensive lines, great pass rushers, big old dudes in the middle at the at defensive tackle, linebacker is the best position history. Cornerbacks, you have an underrated guy in Chris Gamble. J.C. Horn is good when he's on the field. Like You have some dudes out there at cornerback that you can rely on. Safety, that's got to be the one here. Yeah, I also got to throw in Deion Grant. Can't forget about Deion Grant. He was pretty good uh, during his time with the Panthers. But yeah, it is a position that hasn't been you know, full of superstars and uh, generational players. Uh, the Panthers just haven't gone that route. And so, uh, but I think that they've got a pretty good safety going right now. And Xavier Woods, you know, I, he was a guy that I put in the top 10 of pretty much every game that the Panthers played. I mean, this was a guy that was super productive, only four penalties on the season, allowed a 50.7 uh, passer rating. Uh, this past season, and he was a guy that flashed, and I know I use that term a lot, but this is a guy that, you know, every time you looked up when there was a play made in the secondary, it was Xavier Woods, whether it was a big hit or an interception or a pass breakup, so uh, he's one of the better players on this team. I think he's one of the more underrated uh, players on this football team, but other than that, they probably, you know, Von Von Bell came in, and he was a disappointment, uh, in my opinion. Uh, He was injured, but then, you know, even when he did play you know, he was a decent player, but, uh, you know, nothing out of the source, not a game changer, so to speak, a uh, word to Cam Newton. And I thought, you know, when he came over from Cincinnati, you know, he was a guy that when you dug into the numbers from an analytics perspective, you couldn't expect Pro Bowl caliber production uh, from the guy. Then you got a young Jamie Robinson uh, in there right now that could end up developing. We'll see 
how his trajectory goes. But, yeah, it's a position I think the Panthers are pretty good at. They don't have to do a ton to address it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just unless there's a guy that falls into their lap that's just a very dynamic player that could really make plays in that secondary. But uh, I don't necessarily see what the Panthers draft them spending capital on a safety. It felt like they even had some depth, especially with Sam Franklin coming in. We like Sam Franklin. Yeah, he definitely showed up. And then Jamie Robinson, if he's anything, you probably are going to, you know, he's going to be the safety that can come in and hopefully be just a depth piece for you there too. But it, yeah, it feels like the weakest position that they're actually pretty set at right now. The present, that's where we can roll in with our Xavier Woods evaluation. Same thing with Bon Bell. Xavier Woods, he was the guy that wasn't even a big-time acquisition this offseason. Just a really solid player that eventually became one of the uh, mainstays in the top 10 that we would do every single week. Von Bell, not an amazing year. You know, battled some injuries, was out for a decent portion a decent portion in the middle of the season. Missed, I believe, from week six to week nine. So there's about four weeks there that he missed. But other than that, like solid enough, as you mentioned. And I think with Von Bell and Xavier Woods, I'm cool with that safety tandem rolling into every single week. It feels like a, a top half type of unit. This is where we get to Jeremy Chin, who's a free agent. And I think we can all expect him not to come back. It just didn't work out. And this is somebody I always go back to. Man, Jeremy Chin was second in defensive rookie of the year voting behind Chase Young. We thought, oh, okay, this is the this is the first time since Mike Minner that Carolina drafted a high-impact safety. And then the next couple of years, it just didn't really work out. You look at what happened this past season. Following that loss to the Lions in October, Chin had played just 55% of their snaps to that date on the year, and he was normally an every-down player in the three seasons prior to that, and that's when Phil Snow, of course, was the defensive coordinator. Chin only played 30% of the snaps against Detroit, ended up leaving due to injury. Next game, Panthers got beat badly again. Chin only logged 39% of the snaps. And Wes, last thing, I'll kick it to you. We remember our interview with him. Mm -hmm. Wasn't really happy about how we were talking to him. And it's not like we were disrespectful. We're just trying to figure out, hey, pressurized year for you coming up. Everybody knows it. How do you expect to respond to all of it? And then when we started asking about his role, it didn't feel like he loved it coming into the season. Felt like maybe he thought he was going to play some somewhat differently, playing up closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe closer to linebacker where he was more effective. And it never worked out. I think that really hurt him. And Jeremy Chin was a high draft pick, second round guy. We thought of him as Isaiah Simmons light and never showed up in that way. He's going to move on and he's not going to be that much of a con- like it's not going to be a big contract that he gets. Yeah, I mean, because you look at the way the game is played today and we know that, you know, the way the teams scheme and the way the teams pass the football and try to find those matchups, man, that's what hurt him the most because when he came in that rookie year, when he was at his apex, you know, this was a guy that was making a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. He was a menace in the run game. But after a while, you know, teams are going to figure that type of stuff out. And they're going to say, okay, well, you can't blitz him all the time. Sooner or later, you're going to have to leave him in coverage. And when you do that, we're going to exploit him. And you look at this season, you know, he wasn't able to improve upon that reputation that he's not a cover guy. I mean, he had 51.6 coverage grade. He allowed a 145.8 rating and allowed an 82.4% reception percentage against him. So this was a guy you just couldn't count on on third down. And we know we've heard the phrases from different people all around the NFL that this 
this is a third down league. And if you are a defensive back that is going to be uh, a guy that's going to hurt your team on third down, there's not going to be much use for you. Otherwise, they're just going to turn you into a linebacker that you're going to play on specialty downs. And that's where some people thought he may be able to go. But for whatever reason, uh, that wasn't the case either because there was a lot of excitement uh, around his season being that a lot of people talked about how Gerald Evero loves the versatility of guys and being able to use guys in different positions, the blitz, you never know where he's going to be. So I thought that this was a season that he just might be able to bounce back. But I think the coverage issues were just too much, and it was just too much of a liability, man, because when you're going up against those top quarterbacks and they see a guy like that on the field and they know his weaknesses, man, it's just not going to work out well for you. I think because two defensive coordinators haven't been able to figure it out, finding what he gave us his rookie season. Phil Snow, who I actually thought was like a pretty good defensive coordinator. Avero has been very good in the one year that he's been here. But neither one of them were able to figure out consistently what Jeremy Chin was. And he was all, remember, we were trying to trade him at the deadline. What could you get in return? And it never happened. And so now he'll go somewhere else. And I, there are ways to have him become a, an effective football player. But just not, I, he just needs a new scene. Like, that's what needs to happen for Jeremy Chin. I think it's best for him. I think he probably realizes that. I think with Carolina, having a couple of safeties that they feel better with, even at linebacker, where you think, okay, we need some depth there. Maybe Jeremy Chin could be that guy. Even so, that's not how they've really used him. And if they do use him that way, it's not for more than 50% of the snaps on the season. You're rolling with Frankie Louvu. We expect Shaq Thompson to be back because of the contract situation. So, okay, where where is he then? I, Jeremy doesn't want to be somebody that just comes in because somebody is hurt. He wants to be a starter with a healthy roster. Who is who is the defensive coordinator that feels like he is that guy? I don't know. But I just don't think it's going to be here in Carolina. And that's unfortunate, man. I think we all had a lot of high hopes for Jeremy Chin. Oh, he looks like he can be that dude. And just, man, the last three seasons, it didn't really work out yeah. that way. And I mean, he had ample time to be able to turn it around. Just didn't work out for him. Are you comfortable with the way that the safety position looks right now going into the next season if you're the Panthers fan? Um... I mean, you'd like, I mean, ideally, you know, you want all your positions to be covered with good guys that you can uh, trust like that. I think Von Bell is a guy, I mean, you you could possibly find an upgrade there from what he's bringing to you. Like I said, I, I'm a big Xavier Woods fan. I think he's a really good player. But I think Von Bell on the other side, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's just kind of in the middle. I don't feel like he hurts the Panthers that bad, but then I don't feel like he helps the Panthers that much either. So I guess to answer your question, Kind of. I mean, I think they're 50-50 at the safety position. I mean, so you'd love to be awesome at every single position right. group. Right, and that's the thing. You can't be. Yeah, so I'm cool with the safeties that they have. Plus, I think Von Bell was hurt by his injury this year. Like, I, He's a good player. Cincinnati wanted him back, but you're having to pay a ton of players. And so we'll see. Like, He's starting to get a little up there in age, and so we'll start to see how Von Bell plays afterwards. But uh, I remember people saying, hey, this is going to be a big loss for Cincinnati once Von Bell goes elsewhere and Jesse Bates. And so he played alongside another really good safety. You don't have Jesse Bates with Xavier Woods, but you still have a good one. Yeah. So if th both of those guys are healthy, I feel good about them on the back end. That'll do it for your Panther position preview with the safeties. Coming up next... We got the Willie P in studio. He's going to be hanging out with us for a couple of segments. It's coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I'm Will Pelagic. Me joy. Public service announcement being already one of my favorite beats ever. That's just yeah, true. You got one of the best uh, intros you do. in the game. It's a great intro, and I can't wait to see what he does with it for the next two segments. We got Willie P in the Planet Kia Studio, Sports Radio, 927, WFNZ. Willie P, we appreciate the hats. Thank you for showing up, not yeah, empty-handed, but also your presence would have been enough. Always good to see you, boys. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different gleam in the air with it uh, being a little warmer. I mean, soccer's around the corner. I like that. The hats are great. I'm sorry. This like Mitch, quality. I mean, Mitchell and this going to cost you. you know, it's going to cost you, so this ain't no I know. <laughs> cheap yeah. hat. No Yo. joke. So he showed up with the flat bill, Mitchell and Ness's. What I also like is him knowing his audience and getting Fitty the dad hat. Because yeah. as soon like mm. I, we already start posturing a little bit, I'm seeing the options, and I'm going to be grateful <laughs> for whatever comes my way. Yeah. But also, I'm like hoping deep down, I hope I get the flat bill. I hope I get the Mitchell and Ness flat bill. And he takes care of me, and he looks at Fitty, says, I got you taken care of with the dad hat. And Fitty gives him a hug. And so I think you made everybody happy today. It's it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we all got to kind of get the uh, the New Year swag. Uh, I know the boys in, in, in the morning got theirs, and I uh, want to make sure I took care of our guys here. I'll be out yeah, there. Man, that was I'll, a good look. I'll be out there for the season opener. So that's that's confirmed. You're coming. I'm coming. This will be this will be the virgin voyage for you. Uh, well, no, I've I've already accomplished that before. Oh, I that's right, to, right. So you went to one last year. You're right. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say that I'm not a virgin. I didn't want to yeah. continue to go down that road, but <laughs> I'm not when it comes to Charlotte FC. That's I got good. to go to the first ever game. I'm excited to go again. And so I'm asking you what we should expect, like right out of the rip, right? So here we are, starting off the season. Pulling off the band-aid. Yeah, like, it. I know that there are some changes. What do you think for a novice, somebody that might be a virgin attending Charlotte FC, what would you tell them to expect? So, so unfortunately, a lot of the national press around Charlotte FC has not been great because they lost two of their higher-priced players going into this season, Carol Svidersky and Camille Josviak. Svidersky is still technically on the roster, but he's on loan. I don't think he's going to play again for our club, but... The one thing that they have done, and this is akin to a baseball franchise who's trying to build from within. I make that analogy all the time because they basically have a lot of dudes who they brought into their reserve team last year who they've basically grown and homegrown and promoted, and they're expecting those guys to have big seasons. A guy like a Yuri Tavares, who signed earlier this week, scored 12 goals in the MLS Next Pro season a year ago. An MLS Next Pro team, by the way, in Crown Legacy that won the Eastern Conference. So they were highly placed a year ago, and they also had some guys. that The way that this, uh, this secondary league works, the reserve team, there's no salary cap. So you can buy and stash dudes. And so they took that 
to heart last year. They put a guy down there in Joao Pedro from Brazil who turned into one of the best defenders in the entire reserve league last year. A guy like a Nikola Petkovic, who they spent $2.5 million on, could very well start in defensive midfield for Charlotte FC on Saturday. And they've also kind of tried to add to the margins. They don't have necessarily the player that's on the level yet of a Sardarski or a Josviak that they've brought back in. But one thing that they are doing is they're trying to build and structure the offense around Enzo Capetti, which last year you saw Capetti and Sardarski try to occupy a lot of the same spaces, which led to a lot of inconsistency in both their numbers. The fact now that the... Capetti is basically there on his own. They can play through balls to him, and they can make things a lot more simpler for him. I think he's poised for a breakout season. I need to go ahead and address real quickly. You said Nikola Pekovic. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Was, was that not the monster of a human being that used to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Do we remember Pekovic, who was actually grew up to be a mob boss overseas? Am I wrong about that? We're, talk, of, we're talking about different people, You're thinking right? of Drazen Petrovic. No, not Drazen. No, not Drazen. I'm thinking of Pekovic. Did you have something on the mic, Vidi? Do you remember Pekovic at all? He was just a rebounding god, and you said right. he turned into a mob boss? I need to look this up. Perhaps I don't I need to you. accuse anybody. All right, I'll, I'll have drop. You get on the research. We'll find that out, and I'll also have Willie answer how important it is to get off to a fast start this year. should be interesting because the way this year is going to work, uh, obviously the home game kind of feels like a standalone entity because they're going to go on the road for the next three weeks after this. They'll play Toronto and Vancouver in succession, and then they'll have to go on the road to Nashville, which is a tough place to play. And when they come back home, they play the defending champions and the supporters Shield champions back to back. So Columbus followed by Cincinnati. Uh, this first stretch is very, very difficult, but I think one of the things too, you're looking at is that if you can pick off some of these results, maybe even get some draws out of the, especially the road games, you're feeling like you build some confidence for this young and budding group. Willie P with us in studio on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And Willie P, when you look, I know at I this, see you out there too, Wes, it, with, with the kids and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, man, no doubt. We got to get back to a game too. We did not get to get to one last year, but I definitely want to get to a couple this year mm -hmm. uh, as well. We had a great time and uh, spent some scroll out there too. But uh, sure. So when you look at this team from a talent perspective, because we know Charlotte's still a young franchise, and when you talk about each year you want to see them getting better, where would you rate the talent of this team based on the roster that they've had, the rosters that they've had up to this point? I, th I think this roster is ascending in a better way than I think the other the other uh, rosters that we've had here. Because I think one of the things, unfortunately, have been the reputation of us is that oh, all we do is go out and buy, you know, over 30 midfielders or people who are in Europe who are basically over the hill and, and trying to basically act as reclamation projects. Now you're in a scenario where you've got guys like Brian Romero and Nymphasha Burkimas who are having big moments with the club and Burkimas is 15 years old. Like that, like these are the kinds of guys you're going to be hearing about more. So over the course of this year, maybe even going into next year, I think the talent while it might not necessarily right now be better, it's ascending talent to where, one of the things they did this offseason is they brought in a guy from Philadelphia. His name's Tommy Wilson. He's become the new technical director. And what they want to do with him is expand and have a particular focus and outlook on the team from the top all the way down to the academy level. And so that type of synergy is why you're seeing the promoted players now start to get their run. They didn't get a lot of run last year under Christian Latanzio, let's be fair. So because of the fact that we're seeing that the head coach and the technical director are recognizing this talent 
and they're going to play the same way all across the board, it should allow for a, a model that's more sustainable. It's very, very hard in this league, Wes, with the salary cap rules as restrictive as they are, to basically be just churning your roster every offseason, going out and buying players and selling them, going out and buying players and selling them. The best and most consistent franchises in this league are able to build from within, hold talent, and keep it there so that they can have more sustained levels of success and longer levels of success as well, like the Philadelphia's of the world. All right, and I want to know uh, about the puppies, man. How are they doing? How's Ben Bender and how's Hamidi Diop? So Diop is, I think, going to be a much more renewed player this year. Uh, he's somebody who I think last year kind of fell out of favor with Latanzio. That was the situation that happened in the Atlanta game where he got subbed in and then was very, very quickly subbed off. That was a pretty awkward scenario a year ago. I think he's going to get a lot more run this year. Uh, Bender is still coming back from a knee injury. He uh, had an arthroscopic knee surgery at the end of last year. Saw him running earlier today so it looks like he's at least back and in, in doing some stuff i think he's still about a month away uh the one guy to watch out for uh somebody who just got himself his first team contract is tiger smalls which the guy's got a name that obviously should Sounds be great. a kind yeah. of prowler type name this is a kid who uh trained in north london he's from north london so he's trained at both arsenal and tottenham which i think you know you obviously know those are big clubs yeah. and he came over here went to college kind of did the old uh, reverse bend it like beckham type scenario went to college a couple different places and then ended up uh getting drafted by charlotte fc in the first round a year ago or i'm sorry this year rather and also, as I mentioned earlier, some of the homegrowns like Brian Romero and Basha Burkimas wouldn't put it past either of them because one of the things that Dean Smith has said this year, he said that if you're good enough, you're old enough. Dude who might not even have the opportunity to drive yet might be making his first team debut for Charlotte FC mm. here in the coming months in Basha Burkimas. Okay. Because he was very, very good with the under-17 World Cup, scored three goals. I was looking up Nikola Pekovic stuff. And <laughs> did your phone, did, did your computer get a virus? I'm a little worried because I also don't want to talk about it anymore based off of the stuff that I found from somebody that I'll just say is accused of having close relationships with, quote, some of the most popular drug traffickers in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stop talking about Nikola Pekovic and just assume him as only existing in the realm of Charlotte FC. That's Willie P joining much, us. Much different guy. Much different guy. Willie P in studio with us, talking Charlotte FC, getting ready for the season. He's going to stick around. He's going to hop on once again. We'll talk through the live wire, and I need to get his food utensil takes because there's a lot of text yeah, messages get to that. that we need to comb through. Willie oh. P coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.